Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 213. We're looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. Let's read our passage. The next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them, By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Peter and John encountered the lame man at the gate to the temple courts. He was begging for alms. Instead of giving him money, they healed him. Then they attracted a crowd in Solomon's colonnade, and they began preaching about Jesus. The authorities heard about this and intervened and arrested Peter and John. They couldn't do anything because it was already late in the day. The Sanhedrin had uh, already closed for the day, and so they were thrown in jail for the evening. And now, the next morning, they're brought out to face the leaders. So verse 5, the next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem. Well, he doesn't mention the Sanhedrin by name here. He, he does down in verse 15, so when they ordered him to leave the Sanhedrin. So we know this is the Sanhedrin. He calls them rulers, elders, and scribes. Rulers, he's referring to the high priests or the leading priests. They'd be all Sadducees, the, the priests of the temple area were Sadducees. And elders, those would be non-priests, laymen from the community, elders from the community of Jerusalem. They would all be from uh, rich families, part of the aristocracy. And scribes, scribes were experts in the law, and probably a good many of them were Pharisees. So you have Sadducees, Pharisees, and lay elders from the community. And verse 6, it says, With Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. Well, we've seen these some of these people before. It says, Annas the high priest. Interesting that it refers to him as Annas the high priest, because Caiaphas is actually the high priest. Annas was the high priest, but Caiaphas, his son-in-law, is the high priest now. Caiaphas was the high priest from the year 18 to the year 36. But we know where the power is. Annas is the one who has the power. Yeah, his son-in-law is the high priest, but Annas is the one who really wields the power. John, some of the ancient manuscripts actually say Jonathan, in which case it would likely be one of the sons of Annas who actually followed Caiaphas as high priest. Jonathan was the high priest from 36 to 37. And Alexander, we have no idea who he is, but Luke lists him because I guess somebody would have known who he was and all the members of the high priestly family. So it's the, the, the leaders. They're all gathered here to rule on this uh, 
travesty that's taken place the previous day of people preaching about Jesus and their concern. One is Jesus was a problem. They got rid of him, or at least so they thought, but now Jesus has followers who are rising up, and they're talking Messiah things, which can get a crowd riled up, and they don't want a crowd to be riled up. They're friendly with the Romans. They like things the way it is, and the last thing they need is for some kind of revolt or revolutionary spirit to start being talked up in Jerusalem and for the Roman authorities to decide this needs to be stamped out. So verse 7, after they had Peter and John stand before them, now the Sanhedrin met in a semicircle and the accused would stand there before them and two scribes would stand there and take notes, the collecting everything that was said in their defense and everything that was said that made them look guilty. They begin to question them. Now it says they begin to question them, but probably the high priest is the one who's speaking. So probably Caiaphas is the one actually asking the questions, but he's asking the questions on behalf of all of them. By what power or in what name have you done this? Now done this, so you specifically probably referring to the healing, but also the preaching. They're concerned about the talk of resurrection. Verse 8, then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them. So Peter has another opportunity to proclaim the gospel here. Uh, interesting, Jesus talked about this, said there would be times like this. Uh, and specifically in Luke's gospel, Luke is the one who writes Acts. Luke is the one who wrote Luke's gospel. So in his promising of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 12, verses 11 and 12, Jesus said, whenever they bring you before the synagogues and rulers and authorities, don't worry about how you should defend yourselves or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what must be said. There was the promise that when they bring you in and accuse you of things, the Holy Spirit will guide you in how to respond to them. Similarly, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, in Luke chapter 21, he's talking about the end times. All these things will happen. But verse 12, he says, But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and prisons, and you'll be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to bear witness. Therefore, make up your minds not to prepare your defense ahead of time. For I will give you such words and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. So well, there's a promise there. He promised the Holy Spirit would tell you what to say. And here he says, don't try to dream up some kind of defense beforehand. I will guide you when the moment is right. And the moment is right here. So verse 8, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, rulers of the people and elders. Verse 9, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. So the question was, by what name are you doing this? Well, the answer is by the name of Jesus Christ. And so Peter uh, lets fly here with his uh, proclamation of the gospel. 
You wonder about what happened to this disabled man? By what means he was healed? Well, it's by the name of Jesus. Now, there's a little play on words that goes on here. In verse 9, he says, by what means he was healed? The, uh, the Greek word here is sozo. And it means, it can mean a lot of things. It can mean delivered, rescued, saved, or healed. So in here, the, the context is he was healed. But we'll see it again in a little bit. So hold, hold that thought. So it's a, what name has done this? It's by the name of Jesus Christ. And we see, have seen these words before, whom you crucified. Now, that was to the crowd, the whom you crucified of the day of Pentecost. And uh, there on Solomon's colonnade the previous day, uh, the whom you crucified. Now, specifically, it, this is the Sanhedrin, the ones who sent him to Pilate and demanded that he be crucified. But whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing here before you healthy. Now, he mentions that this man is standing here before you. So the implication is the man who was healed is standing right there. Now, was he arrested along with Peter and John and held in the jail overnight? Or is he called as a witness to testify about what happened? Hard to say, but there he is standing there. And it's not like nobody on the Sanhedrin has ever seen him for the last 40 years uh, at the gate to the temple courts begging for alms. Pretty obvious what happened. In verse 11, this Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. He's quoting from Psalm 118, verse 22 here. We see this quoted several places in the New Testament. Old Testament reference to the stone rejected by the builders is now the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the most important stone in the foundation of the building. And the stone was rejected, but now is the most important stone in that foundation. Then verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. So he's referring to the name again. You want to know what name this is done in? Well, it's the name of Jesus, and he's the only name in which there is salvation. Now, he uses the word saved again here, by which we must be saved. This is that word sozo again. So he uses the word to describe the healing of the lame man, but then he uses the word again here, and the context here is being saved from the wrath of God, salvation. And he says by which we must be saved. Now, in many of the speeches that, that he makes, there, there's a call to repentance. There's no blatant call to repentance here to the Sanhedrin, but it's implied specifically with this statement that there's no other name by which to achieve salvation. There's no other name by which we must be saved. And he uses specifically we inclusive of the Sanhedrin. So when Peter stands in front of us, he's not just talking about us, the guy standing before you, but we, meaning everybody in this room, there's no other name by which to be saved. And that's the message to the Sanhedrin. You want to know by what name, by what power this was done? Well, let me tell you, glad you asked. It's the power of Jesus Christ. That's the name in which this man was healed, in which we can be saved. Well, if you're on the Sanhedrin and uh, you just had this let loose at you, what do you do? 
we'll find out next time we look at that. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.